Liz Lambert, happy 2024. I haven't talked to you this year, but I wanted to follow up on some work you've been doing on the whistleblower legislation in New Zealand. There are many Kiwis who are behind Barry Young, many Kiwis who are calling release the data and telling the Ministry of Health, we want our people's data, the information about our health, to be discussed and shown to us. But instead of that, the Ministry of Health has done the go after the messenger while they won't look at the message that he carries. To me, Liz, Barry Young is a classic whistleblower. Does he fall under the classic whistleblower definition for you? And what is that definition? Uh, the definition um, of a whistleblower, I guess, is um, it's under it's called a discloser, actually. Uh, but the act that it's under is the protected disclosures, and then it brackets uh, protected uh, whistleblowers. Act 2022. Previous to this act, there was another one just called Protected Disclosures Act 2002, and it had a lot of the same things in it, uh, but this 2022 act has added on um, and made the um, 2002 act more um, valuable and more um, usable. Oh, brilliant. So do you think that Barry Young would qualify as a whistleblower and would qualify for protection under this statute? Yes, I definitely believe that's that's the case. Yes. But he's um there's a there's a time limit on it. So uh, that's um why I'm really keen that uh we talk about it this morning and that Barry gets gets the word. Mm. The time limit is 90 days from the time of the retaliation. And we would be approaching that now. That would be coming up in March. What will that give him if he gets in under that time limit? If he's outside that time limit, I gather, they'd be very strict. They would not allow him to seek protection under the statute. Is that right, Liz? That's correct. Now, um, he's actually going to be um, seeking protection under another statute called the Employment Relations um, Employment Relations Act 2000. And um, that act um, is for employees, okay, to protect employees and to, to protect the relationship between the employer and the employee, basically. That's really good. And what is that protection? So we know they'll be very strict if he doesn't get it in in time, but if he does get it in in time, what would be the protection for this man who has fastidiously, Liz, refused any sort of money in, any way of um, enriching himself from doing this? He's absolutely clear with me. I will not be looking to get to gain anything for myself. This is me offering something to New Zealand. This is me doing something for my country and for the people of New Zealand who need to be told the truth. So to me, he is the the at the very apogee, at the very top of the whistleblower, ethical, moral human being who's doing the right thing. Okay, so he gets in in time, and what protections does he get? He's lost his job. Right, that's that's the main thing about the Employment Relations Act and this process, which is called a personal grievance. Now, under the Act, um, Section One Hundred and Three is the section we're looking at under the 
Employment Relations Act, and the, under um, so for the I'll just give you a quick um, read of what a personal grievance is. So for the purposes of this act, personal grievance means any grievance that an employee may have against the employer's employee's employer or former employer because of a claim that the employee has un, been unjustifiably dismissed or that the employee's employment or one or more conditions of the employee's employment, including any condition that survives termination of the employment, is or are or was during the employment that has since been terminated, affected to the employee's disadvantage by some unjustifiable action by the employer. Long story short, this is this is a PG process, this is a personal grievance process that covers both unjustified dismissal and unjustified disadvantage, right, depending on uh, which you're going to go under. Barry's one, I, I think, um, nothing much happened until he actually disclosed or he he disclosed out in the open because he'd already been disclosing as far as I can make out um, what was going on and he had retaliation um, against him. So then we have to have a look at, at um, under what category of that he would come under and he would become, come under 1031K and that is that the employer has retaliated or threatened to retaliate against the employee in breach of Section 21 of the Protected Disclosure Disclosures Protection of Whistleblowers Act 2022 because the employee intends to make or has made a protected disclosure. So Barry has got a personal grievance against his employer, which was the Ministry of Health, because they retaliated because he... Um, and he then he re, they retaliated, and he was protected, uh, and that becomes a breach of Section Twenty One of the Protected Disclosures Act. So if we if we go and have a look at Section Twenty One uh, of the Act, no retaliation by the employer. An employer must not retaliate or threaten to retaliate against an employee because the employee intends to make or has made protected disclosure. If an employer retaliates or threatens to retaliate against an employee in breach of subsection 1, the employee has a personal grievance under section 1031K of the Employment Relations Act, and that's how the two acts work together. That's a brilliant explanation, very precise. So one one day I remember um, an experienced older lawyer when I was a young lawyer in practice saying to me, when you're preparing a case, actually always try, if you have the time, to prepare it as if you were on the other side. Get into the mind of the other side first. Think what they will do and then prepare your defence case according to that. Let's try to get into the mind of the reply to that from the Ministry of Health. What do you think they would say to that if Barry put that in? What defence would they have? They'd have to issue what's called a statement in reply <laughs> is what has to happen. So the, so the technique, not the technique, but the, uh, the way it happens is that um, a statement of problem is submitted to the Employment Relations Authority and then um, 
that is um, also sent off to the Ministry of Health in this case uh, about what happened, right? So um, uh, we were, we'd be alleging a breach of, of, of Section 21 of the um, Whistleblower Act and um, and then there would be a part of that personal grievance, which was what actually happened. And then um, there would be a remedy. So, I mean, when you say, Liz, he, he did this... Um, for the good of of all of us, uh, there is a remedy though uh, for him uh, against his employer. <laughs> and uh, uh, the funny thing is that the the primary remedy for this sort of unjustified action is reinstatement. Wow. Mm-hmm. Not compensation. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he could argue that they must withdraw their pursuit of him? through the criminal courts, that they must say to the police, this is no longer a crime, we were wrong, you are pursuing the wrong man. Could they, I know it's up to the police whether they choose then to drop the charges, but it's the Ministry of Health to have claimed this this was a, a criminal act when we all know that it was done for all of our good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, while we're in the um, uh, Whistleblower Act, you then go to section 23 of that act the heading of the um of the part is no retaliation in court or disciplinary proceedings so section 23 says immunity from civil criminal and disciplinary proceedings one neither a discloser who makes a protected disclosure nor the receiver who receive who refuses protected disclosure under section 16 so that's not a that doesn't come in here but um we've just got the disclosure right is liable to any civil criminal or disciplinary proceeding because of making making the disclosure okay subsection one so this is um uh two 23-2, applies despite any prohibition of or restriction on the disclosure of information under any legislation, rule of law, agreement, contract, internal procedure, oath or practice. Now, the oath one is probably to do with people um, in the uh, police and the defence forces because um, the defence forces and the police don't come under the Employment Relations Act. Okay, but they they can make disclosures the same. Yeah, that is really significant. So if a fantastic atlas, it really it really is. And this new iteration of it since what twenty twenty two has not been tested. So this could be a, a very important legal test case as well for others who may want to step forward. And that's something I wanted to say here, Liz. We are calling out. Uh, I was speaking to Andrew Bridgen in the UK. He's doing the same, calling out for whistleblowers now to step forward. This whole narrative is looking so wobbly. More and more people are waking up to the fact we've been horrifically lied to, that criminal actions have been have been forced on this country. They're criminal actions because they result in, in injury and at least manslaughter really charges should should be laid in my view or murder charges and that's a controversial view but it's taking hold certainly so if we're looking at that we need whistleblowers 
Liz, are you saying that potentially under this statute, there really is solid potential protection for whistleblowers in New Zealand if people are wanting to come forward? Well, that's what the law says. <laughs> Section 23 says just that. There's every protection. And um, I'm, I'm particularly interested in the employment um, employees because that's my area. Um, the number eight workers' union of New Zealand Incorporated is my union and uh, we advocate for employees. Um, but this covers, if we go back to uh, Section 8 of the Act, um, I mean, this is, a, this is a fantastic remedy for Barry, but um, there's also um, the protection, the civil and um, criminal protection is there for everybody else as well. Who, who can be a discloser? They can be a home worker within the meaning given of Section 5 of the Employment Relations Act, so someone working from home, right? Um, a, sec a secondee to an organisation, so, you know, you'd, you work for another employer, but you're being well, you've you're being seconded to a different branch, maybe something like that. Uh, someone engaged or contracted under a contract for services to do work for the organisation. Uh, e is concerned in the management of the organisation. So this doesn't, you know, this can be at any level, including, for example, a person who is a member of the board or governing body of the organisation. So that would also include, um, you know, even boards of trustees, et cetera, you know, uh, uh, but, or, but the usual board of, a, of an organisation. A member of the armed forces in relation to the New Zealand Defence Force and a volunteer working for the organisation without reward or expectation of reward for that work. So the Act is there to, it's an anti-corruption Act, is what I'd call it. It's an anti-corruption Act. That is a very wide reach. It's very uh -huh. positive. Going back to the PG, to the personal grievance, what would you say the Ministry of Health would try to use as a defence? Just clarifying that point, do they have any defence to that use of the Employment Relations Act? It feels to me as if Barry's case falls fairly and squarely in that. Mm -hmm. The wrongdoing, uh, serious wrongdoing, you can, you can uh, so there's nothing in there. I'd be looking, if I was the other side, I'd be looking at subpart two. A disclosure is entitled protection under this Act for a protective disclosure made in accordance with this section to the organisation or to an appropriate authority, okay? So this is why I was so um, keen to know what actually went, went down with Barry. I mean, what was he doing before he left? Because, in fact, you're supposed to be disclosing to your organisation. He did all that. Yep, he fully sent that, and he sent it to politicians. He let he let he let everybody know before it went out publicly. We tried and tried to get hold of Winston Peters because we were we were saying, Winston, you can put this out. You will be the person who will take it around the world. You'll be a world hero, politician like. Um, if we look at um, so, a disclosure is entitled to protection for a protected disclosure made to the organisation if it is made in accordance with any internal procedures or to the head or deputy of the 
deputy head of the organisation. So in a, they're supposed to have, every organisation is supposed to have a protected disclosure procedure. In their, and they don't in their, in their contracts. They don't. Um, you know, the Ministry of Health, I'd have to have a look at Barry's contract, but I'll bet there's nothing in it about an internal procedure for whistleblowing. And it's, but it's supposed to be in there. Even without it being specifically there, it is it is implicitly there because it's part of New Zealand law, isn't it? It's... Yes, yes, you could argue that. So a disclosure is entitled protection um, for a protected disclosure made to an appropriate authority at any time. Okay, this applies whether or not the disclosure disclosure has made the disclosure to the organisation or to another appropriate authority. So now these appropriate authorities are kind of interesting, and you can and there's also a, a you can disclose um, further. Oh, so section fourteen is the section that applies if a disclosure believes on reasonable grounds that the receiver of a protected disclosure has not acted as it should under section thirteen. So when Barry, you know, told his organisation there's something going on, they should have acted under section thirteen. They are called the receiver. Okay. Uh, so within 20 working days of receiving a protected disclosure, the receiver of the disclosure should acknowledge receipt, consider the disclosure, check with the disclosure whether this disclosure has been made else, elsewhere in any income, and deal with the matter. Okay, so it says this section is guidance only. It does not confer a legal right apart from the entitlements under 1432 and 33 or impose a legal on obligation on any person that is enforceable in a court of law. So if they don't respond, then you just go further, right? So so it's guidance only, that section, right, about how it all should be done. Because it would be impossible if you had to disclose something highly um, compromising of the Ministry of Health. I mean, the Ministry of Health exactly. has known this information yeah. has been there and has not disclosed it to us. If you had to disclose it and wait 20 days, well, obviously a corrupt organisation is just going to try to shut that down. So yeah. he had to disclose it to his employer and then he had to also let the people of New Zealand know, do the, the of act course. whistleblowing yeah. immediately. Uh, so this is the discloses entitlement to disclose further, section 14. Now, this talks about who you can disclose to. Subsection 3, the discloser is entitled to protection under this Act for a, for a protected disclosure made to a minister. That's capital M, so that's a minister of parliament, obviously. However, the um Three, however, the disclosure is entitled to protection under the Act for a protected disclosure made to the Speaker, not a Minister, if the disclosure relates to serious wrongdoing in or by any of the following. And that's um, the office of uh, an office of an officer of Parliament. So this is this is this is the part of the Act that. Um, you know, to the Speaker of the House, where all of the politicians should be disclosing to, right? 
But imagine, I mean, imagine disclosing to a speaker when it's someone like Trevor Mallard. He'd just immediately <laughs> go, he'd be calling up the private, you know, the private yeah. killers. They're so corrupt. So, yeah, that's interesting. So, the, so um, it says then this section does not limit. This is um, subsection four. Section uh, 11.3, which provides a discloser, may disclose to an appropriate authority, including an ombudsman at any time, and section 32, which enables an ombudsman to refer or investigate certain protected disclosures. Okay, so we go back to section 11.3. So 11.3, a discloser is entitled to protection uh, made to an appropriate authority at any time. I'm just looking for, because you can disclose to your organisation, um, your professional organisation as well. So, for example, um, if you're a doctor, you can disclose to the medical council. And, Liz, what about the confidentiality protection? Uh, well, Part 3 of the Act deals with that, Liz. Um, so every receiver of a protected disclosure must use their best endeavours to keep the confidential to keep confidential information that might identify the discloser. So, um, <clears throat> you know, if that if the discloser doesn't want to be identified in any way, then they've, you know, they've got full protection from the disclosure. And that includes the ombudsman, that includes your boss, that includes everybody else. So that is saying somebody could come forward with really crucial information and remain fully anonymous, fully yes. anonymous. Yes. That is that, a key yeah. as well. Yeah. Barry could yeah. have done it that way. He chose to speak out because he knew that his story being at the heart of the building of this database, he had to actually step up and show that he was trustworthy, that he was somebody people could know was doing this for the right reasons. It's a very brave act from Barry Young. Mm, very, very brave. But all of this, all of this is... Let's just get it back. You, If you are a Kiwi who has information that you want to take public, in order to protect your position before you take it public, you simply have to disclose it to one of these uh, bodies that are outlined in this statute, in this act. But you can still go public and take it to the New Zealand people. So that's the key, isn't it? Because in the going public is the protection for the whistleblower or should be the protection. Well, the the protection in terms of you've got protection against retaliation and um, and you've also got protection by um, Section um, 23, which is immunity from civil or criminal or any other, you know, they can't be sacked from your job, et cetera, et cetera. So to finish, to finish, Liz, would you say to those people, those many, many Kiwis who are sitting on important information about the corruptions that happened under the COVID-19 response rollout in New Zealand over the last few years, if you're sitting on information wanting to disclose it, and you know it would help bring down something that should never have happened in New Zealand, please contact me, liz.gun at freenz.org. And Liz, there is protection under this statute for those people. Yes, there's definitely protection for them, Liz. And I think the, that a lot of the people um, who are working in the Ministry of Health or working in, in sort of uh, in those sorts of jobs 
um, they must be feeling extremely anxious and guilty. And uh, this is the way they can they can actually um, do something about that. Yeah. So if they're feeling um, afraid and guilty because they haven't put their hand up before, now's the time to do it. it really is. And one further protection for those people is to actually join your union. Very briefly, tell us about that, so people can have that added that added support from your union. Mm. Yeah, well, we'd be doing the um, we'd be doing PGs for them, um, filing PGs for them if they um, are retaliated against. But they need to know, um, you know, the details of their situation. I think, and uh, and what they should do, and that's. We we have zooms at least once a week, and um, but we also um, you know of course talk to our members one one on one about what they should do. That's great. So just details for people again. It's the and anybody in any area of New Zealand working in any area can join this. It's the number eight workers. Just give us the address again, Liz. To uh, then the our website. Uh, for information about the union is uh, number eight, so that's the word number and the numeral eight, .org.nz. Lovely. Number eight, .org.nz. That's correct. It's brilliant, Liz. Always good to talk to you, Liz Lambert. Thank you so much for reaching out like this. Thanks, Liz. Very good to talk to you. Thank you.